Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Cleveland.com tribe beat writer Paul Hoynes. Once again, we are in the press box at Progressive Field following a walk-off win for the Indians. Paul, uh, good to see that again huh? out of the tribe. Yeah, you know, Joe, I, I always like kind of gauge a team's uh, intensity by that, I think. And uh, this is just the Indians' third walk-off win of the season. What are we... 114 games into the season? 113. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, and I think that's a product of, you know, having a big lead all the time. You know, Jason Kipnis talked about it, that, uh, okay, if you got a 10-game lead and you're down by a run in the eighth inning and you don't get it, you don't rally – and you and you lose your nine games. Your your lead is down to nine games. So I think that's you know I think there's some motivation factors that these guys have got to uh, kind of fool themselves. They've got to pinch themselves. They've got to you know kind of push themselves. And I, I, Mike Clevenger, who pitched very well tonight, said uh, you know we've got to think past the uh, divisional lead. We've got to take every game almost like it's our last game and play it that way. And you saw that tonight. And, you know, the Kipnis and, and Guy are getting, you know, two uh, big hits in the ninth inning. And then Frankie coming through, uh, you know, with the with the three-run homer down the line. And, uh, you know, that it's so much fun. It energizes, I think, a team. You know, it really kind of, you know, it, it gets this team pointed in the right direction. Well, and you think back to the 2016 uh, World Series team, and that's a team that had what eleven yeah. walk off wins in, in in the season. It seemed like every night they were coming out and and producing these thrilling finishes. Uh, again, they weren't necessarily pushed either. They they they, they clinched in in late September, but you know, there there it was pretty much a given that they were going to win the division as right. they got later in the year. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to find some sort of outside motivating force, maybe a. Uh, Maybe a, a media member will write a story about them being out of it or something. That's something along those lines might happen. It, it, but the, it's 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 weird to say that these guys are professionals, and yet that motivating factor is going to have to come from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's got to come from them, you know. I mean, they've got to create their own kind of uh, environment to, uh, you know, win. they got to take that, you know, us-against-the-world attitude. And, you know, right now they're just kind of – it's. You know, the old baseball word, they're lollygagging, you know. Like, you, you hate to use that word when a team has a 10-game lead. But, uh, you know, I think I think we're going to see a different kind of ball club going down the stretch here, Joe. Well, and, and you know, Mike Clevenger mentioned in the in the postgame today, Mike Clevenger hasn't won, won a game in six starts. He's got a couple of no decisions. Took a real bad no decision tonight because he pitched well enough. to He deserved better than, than what he got tonight. We can get into Cody Allen you know, later on in this podcast, but uh, Mike Clevenger has has really given the Indians that number four starter, you know, and he's, he's the ideal number four starter right now. He's given them six innings every time he's going out. He's keeping them in ball games for the most part. And, uh, and Terry Francona mentioned, uh, you know, today he said he thinks that Clevenger's been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, he gives you a quality start. You know, he's lost, I think he's lost, what, four of his last five starts, maybe four of his last six starts now. Uh, he hasn't won in a while, but he keeps you in the game. And, uh, 
you know he he you know he's dealt with a lot of weird stuff you know he he was cramping it up i think in a one game then he uh, you know in, in detroit he was pitching with you know after a night of you know of intestinal turmoil as tito would say he you know we they didn't know if he'd start and he gives him five good innings he loses that game what two to one or one mm-hmm. to nothing some crazy score uh, and tonight, he you know he pitches his tail off. He's he's got a two one lead when he when he leaves the game, and after seven strong innings, you know they give it up. Uh, you know Cody Allen comes in, gives up the the home run to Sano. It's tied up in the ninth, and uh, they come back and win it. And uh, instead of a win, he gets a attaboy. You know, a pat on the back and and a hang with them. But I think. You know, it, it's interesting with him. He's kind of, you know, this guy. This guy should have been pitching in the '60s, mm-hmm. don't you think? Mm-hmm. He, Everything's <laughs> groovy, man. Yeah. Everything's groovy with Club. And I think, you know, he said, you know, I've learned, I've learned to accept, you know, <laughs> that uh, I, I might have give up a, a couple bad pitches, give up a run here or there. But you know, if I keep going, keep coming back to where I was, I'm, I'm going to put zeros up again, and we'll be fine. You know, <laughs> so, who's the pitcher? Who's you've been doing this for a long time? Who's the pitcher? Who would go and trash a locker room after after a no decision like that? After after a teammate gave it up and you know he'd go up the tunnel and just punch a light bulb or something. Burt Blylevin would. Burt Blylevin. It's was. funny they're playing the yeah. today. Bert, Bert, Bert's in the house. Yeah, Burt did not take kindly to you know to no decisions or one nothing losses. They kind of uh, um, uh, graded on him. All right. Well. Uh, we're going to jump into some uh, reader questions we uh, we solicited on Twitter. We've got a, a couple of really good ones. Uh, the first one that we're going to get to is it, along the lines of what we've just been talking about. James Unger uh, asks on Twitter, who do you think should be the closer for the Indians? And uh, I think after tonight's performance, the writing is pretty much on the wall for, for Francona. He had things set up the way exactly the way he wanted them. The, the left-handed hitters were presented in the eighth inning. He brought out Brad Hand thinking get through those guys and bring Cody Allen in, in the ninth and Cody Allen couldn't hold the lead. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think you know, I never thought I thought Cody was going to be the closer even when they got hand. You know, obviously that changed cuz you know, Cody was struggling and uh now they've switched it around a little bit. I think the key here Joe is Andrew Miller. How how effective can he be in, in influencing the last three innings of a game. But I th- I still think, you know, I'd be surprised if, if, if Francona goes with strictly hand in the ninth inning or, you know, those four-out saves that we've seen. I think he's still going to flip-flop these guys. I really do. And, you know, Cody had a, you know, obviously, he you know, he, he gave up the lead. He blew a save. Um but I, you know, I like the way he's pitched in the eighth inning and in the seventh and eighth innings lately, and I think he's coming back. But he made a bad pitch tonight; it and, killed him. And and how much do you buy Francona's offering that he's been trying to use Frank or, or been trying to use Allen earlier in games uh, to sort of get those competitive juices flowing? Because that's when he's the best is when he's when he's out there competing. Well, I mean. A one-run lead—that—that's a competitive position, and the leadoff guy just took you out of the park. I, it doesn't get much more competitive than you're three outs away from win uh, from a save, and the are the competitive juices not there when yeah. I, I don't I don't get that. Some something doesn't you know line up when when that's the case. I I think he, I think he's basically talking himself into being able to put Allen in those 
seventh and eighth inning positions as right. opposed to the. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that that happens. You know, I think you know Cody is. You know, we've seen him do it year after year. Here, he's a franchise leader in saves, strikeouts, appearances for a reliever. Um, you know, I don't know if he's if all those appearances have caught up to him. And I, I just think, you know, when you struggle in the, in the ninth inning, and you're not guaranteed to be back in the ninth inning, you know, even though you're str- you've struggled, you've blown a save. You know, when you get that chance, I think you you, you might get you know too amped up and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it it might get away from you, and I think uh, you know this is this is really going to be a a, a tight a tightrope walk for for Francona. I think how does he do this? Yeah. And I don't think there's a set answer right now. Who's going to close? I mean, you could say yeah, hand is going to close, but is he going to what? Is he going to just what if there's four right-handers in the ninth inning? Or yeah. you know, and he can get. I mean, we saw it tonight he got right-handers out. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Yeah, I. I, I if if nothing's wrong physically with Cody Allen and we haven't been told anything otherwise, then it's all between his ears right now, and and that's that's the scary part is yeah. that Cody Allen's going to get a chance to run out there in the eighth or ninth inning in a divisional playoff game, probably in Minute Maid Park with a short left field porch to a right hand hitter, and that's right now that is a terrifying prospect. Yeah, you know that, himself right. that is. I just keep going back. You know, when I think of Cody, I think of, you know, 2016, I think of the postseason where, you know, Andrew Miller got, you know, the spotlight, and this guy didn't give up a run in, what, in 11 innings of mm-hmm. postseason, you know, pitching at the back end of, of uh, you know, in tight games. And uh, is that guy still there? I, I, I think he is. I really do. I think he's going to, I think he's going to, as he, as they get down the stretch, I think he's going to perform like we've seen him perform before. Okay, let's go quick hit with some of these. Uh, Matt Wells from Twitter, uh, he has two requests. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any Sheldon Ocker story uh, that that's fit for print right now? <laughs> and you know, uh, uh, of course, Sheldon went into the Hall of Fame uh, with the J.G. Taylor Spink Award uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, any anything you can can share? A, a quick Sheldon memory. Sheldon Ocker. Spilled everything. There were, there were. He, he could, he could. You and me could be sitting here just like we are now. He'd have a drink right here, and somehow he'd knock it over. Ricky Minch, one of the Indians' early PR guys, his job in the press box was when Sheldon put down a glass of iced tea or or what water or whatever he was drinking. It was to make sure Sheldon didn't knock it over. He would he, he would he would be moving it back and forth, and and it, invariably, uh, you know, it, it he would knock something over. It would cause like a tidal wave. Everybody's computer would get soaked. It, but how many it, how many scorebooks did you lose to? Yeah, to yeah, Sheldon's I, uh, misfortune. I was, I was, I was always on the, the lookout. But even now, like kind of in his honor, in in uh, in uh, in uh, winter, in not in Winter Haven, in Goodyear, on the on the uh, the uh, the blackboard in, in Winter Haven, they have they uh, uh, Bart Bart Swain writes days without spills. You know, one, <laughs> one like two hundred and twenty. Nice. So yeah. That's so a- he's gone. He's gone, but not forgotten. Great. Uh, Matt Wells also wants to know any educated guesses on where Zach McAllister ends up. He uh, he was he was released today by the Indians after being designated last week. Uh, any any thoughts on where Zmac could end up? 
Boy, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking before if he ends up somewhere in the central. You well, know, they, funny thing, uh, Matt Wells hails from St. Paul, Minnesota, so yeah, there maybe, you go. You know, I mean, they've seen him. They've seen him the most. You know, I think, uh, you know, Zach, you know, Zach pitched for five years. In, you know, he's got more than five years big league time, and that's a credit to him, man, because when the Indians first got him, he was a starter. And I, uh, you know, he just didn't have enough pitches to start. And and they, when they moved him into the bullpen, he, you know, he became a, the right-handed guy. You know, he, he threw hard. He could get a right-hander out. He could strike a right-hander out when you needed it. He need obviously he needed a second pitch or a third pitch, and it, it really he's had trouble developing that. But uh, for you know, in in uh, sixteen and seventeen, he was good. Yeah. This year he struggled, and uh, you know, he obviously got got caught in a numbers game. But I I would think you know maybe the Twins, maybe the Reds. The Reds kind of have a, a, a tendency to pick up Indians Indians relievers. Yeah, it makes spring training interesting. Yeah, you know uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing that that he lasted as long as he did in with, with the Indians, with, and, and, with one basically with one pitch. right and and you know a, just, a plus pitch a plus right, fastball and, but exactly just, that and was you it. know it just goes to show you you know how how Francona used them you know they picked the spots for him and he he excelled but it caught up to him this year a little bit. Okay, Rex uh, on Twitter wants to know uh, any issues that you could see. Uh, being in the way of the Indians trying to trade for Starling Castro, uh, as the he, Castro went from the Yankees to the Marlins yeah. in the John Carlos Stanton deal. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of teams between the Marlins and the Indians on the waiver wire, right. so working any sort of deal right now would probably be pretty difficult. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I think right now, you know, I'd be surprised if they made a move at second base. I think they're kind of. You know they're they're sticking with Kipnis, I would think, I, and I don't know how much what what Castro's uh, you know uh, his uh, what what's he making? I mean, how long has he signed? I thought he signed a, a pretty big deal with the Cubs, didn't he, a couple of years ago? And uh, so I I don't think they're in a position to take on a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, I I don't even know what kind of year he's having. So, and 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 that might be the most telling sign of all is that if you know if he's not being talked about as a, a guy who's a, a, a an improvement over what you got there. Kipnis has been hitting yeah. lately. Since, he got a big hit tonight. Yeah, he's on base at the end of the game. For But it sounded like, you know, they were talking about second baseman before the deadline. Uh, Ian Kinsler's name came up. Mm. Uh, so that leads me to believe they still might be looking. So I guess anything is a possibility. We've seen them make waiver deals before. But like you said, Joe, I think... First, you got if he's he's in Miami, so he's got to go through the National League. Then he's got to go through what uh, at least fifteen or I mean, twelve teams. In yeah, the twelve League. teams yeah. in the American League before the Indians would get a shot. Uh, at him. Maybe not twelve, maybe like ten or eleven, because yeah. Yeah, obviously the Indians have a worse record than half of the wild card teams too. Uh, Patrick Paulus on Twitter wants to know uh, why isn't Yandi getting more at bats in the majors? He, he says. He's looking at Geyer and even Kipnis playing in the outfield. They played Santana in the outfield when they, they had him. So obviously they're they're willing to sacrifice defense for certain guys. Is is Yandi just that bad? Uh, to me, I think Francona said that he yeah. he wants to keep Yandi on the infield now. Right. He's too much moving him around gets in his head and all that other stuff. But I you know 
there's got to be an opportunity for for a guy who's who hits as well as he does to when he comes up or he hit 500. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit 500 and get sent down. <laughs> but I think you know, you know, he I saw him play uh, left field a couple years ago in Toronto. It was not pretty, <laughs> and uh, and I think Francona said that we saw he was he wasn't real good in left field when they played him out there. So we we and you know you don't want to. You know he could be worse in right field, so I think you know their plan is at third base and uh, playing at third, and he's worked out at first base. You know I think he can hit. Um, you know I would think you know Yandy would probably be up here in September, and uh, this this coming winter I think it'd be a big big off season for him and just. To see how this roster shakes out after you know all the free agents they have, maybe maybe there's a spot for them. But right now, you know you've got you've got Edwin signed for one more year. Mm-hmm. You've got Alonzo signed for one more year, and and you know and uh, what's and Ramirez isn't going anywhere. Right. So where do you play this guy? I mean, right. that's the question. Uh, <laughs> the quote unquote bipolar tribe fan on Twitter. Uh, tweeted a question asking about parallels between this year's team and the '97 team that went to the uh, went to the All Star. I'm sorry, went to the World Series. After 112 games, the '97 club was 58 and 54. So you know this this team's ahead of that pace. Yeah. I, 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 again, this team doesn't have to win 100 games to right. to make the playoffs. Or they're they're in a good spot there. But it seems like both teams had a lot of talent. And they just sort of, as as this reader says, clod hopped through the season almost like they were bored. So it gets back to what we were saying saying earlier about motivation. But uh, yeah, maybe somebody needs to pull their socks up. Yeah, maybe that's that's the yeah. That I mean, uh, that was a good team. Matt Williams at third base, yeah. Tommy at first. You know, they had some questions. You know, Tony Fernandez was at second base. Uh, Omar at short, and they had. Uh, um, the hell? I mean, God. I mean, Manny Sandy. Ramirez? Manny. They had uh-huh. Sandy behind the plate. They had Marquise Grissom mm-hmm. playing center field. I think David Justice was he on that David team. David Justice on that team. And uh, the pitching staff. What Oral and and Martinez were kind of on the back end of. I don't. Maybe I think Martinez, Martinez was wasn't gone. there. Oral was gone. It was Jarrett Wright, Chad OJ, and Chad and Nagy was yeah, there. Nagy, well, and, Nagy was there. Yeah, and uh, and um, they had. Uh, they had some problems with the closer, remember? Because that was the year um, Mesa got arrested mm-hmm. at the start of the season. He, he couldn't, he wasn't in camp because his, his trial was going on, and Mike Jackson was closing. Mike Jackson had a good year, but then they kind of were flip flopping back and forth with Mesa and Jackson. Uh, so yeah, I, I you know, I, I, God, I, I, you know, I can't. I don't know if there's any similarities. I would say. You know this team. This team is a pretty. Well, this team is a really good offensive team. I think we we just haven't seen the best of them. Right. Well, I start with the fact that the there's no comparison between the starting staffs of those those. Right. Teams. That there is just no comparison. This starting staff is is as good as any starting. This is sort of the reason that, that those '97 and '95 teams were the reason why the focus was to get. Uh, a starting rotation like the Indians right. have now, so because it was always the case that they had the offense, but the pitching right. was never. You That's know, really a great point there. because if you can get this team into the postseason, I mean, and they're going to get there, mm-hmm. 
and these and these four starters or three starters who were, were, were whoever the combination they go with are healthy and sound. I mean, they're going to scare a lot of teams. I mean, it doesn't matter who they really play. If if you push the button and started the playoffs tomorrow, this is the best Indian starting rotation for the playoffs that they've had since. Yeah, in, I mean, fifty four, maybe. Right. So exactly. That's that, yeah. that's exactly how far back you have to go. So. Yeah, I mean, you can you can compare positions, and, and the offense was great. And you've got all time sluggers and and whatnot playing in uh, on that ninety seven team. But I'll take the the spark plugs at the top of this lineup yeah. any day over you know any of those past teams. Yeah, Lofton wasn't was Lofton wasn't on. Lofton didn't hit home runs like yeah, we, no, like, it, like Lindor. And, and, I mean and Ramirez. And, Lofton was was a. You know, he'd, he'd get on base and he'd steal your bases, and he he was a hit machine. Yeah, but but nothing like what what we've seen with Lindor right. with the power the power combination yeah. of power. It's just and it's, I think you know the, they had that they had the experience last year where they got kind kind of shut down both those guys Lindor and Ramirez. I think that's going to help them this this season this postseason. That, that I don't was, think that's going to happen again. That was the the theme in in all of the preseason talk, and every time we talk to these guys. At you know in in the winter at the sports awards or wherever wherever we bumped into these guys and talked, all they talked about was learning from that, you know the experience of basically not showing up except for one at bat uh, in the in the Yankee series yeah. last year. So, all right, well, uh, so we we head out uh, after this podcast will air on Thursday and our post on Thursday, and um, the Indians are going to head out on the road Chicago and then Cincy. Uh, they play. Uh, like 13 of their next 16 games away from Progressive Field. So, yeah, you know, pretty decent chance to sort of, you know, see what they're And then they, I the think road. they got Boston in that stretch, right? right. Uh, on the back half of that stretch, yeah. Right, yeah. So that'll be, uh, you know, they'll get out of their division. They'll see the best team in, you know, maybe, the, I guess they have the yeah, best team. Yeah, they are the best team in, in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> so they'll get, they'll get to test themselves there. Uh, if they're looking for a test, I think that'll be a pretty good one. Yeah, maybe the maybe the motivation comes there. Right? Martinez, Ramirez, Martinez. Oh, I can't wait! I can't <laughs> wait to see how they just totally downplay Jose Ramirez's MVP candidacy yeah. when he goes in I mean, there against uh, these guys, Betts and, and Martinez. You look at this team. I mean, Lindor and 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 Ramirez got to be in a conversation. Yeah, two MVP candidates yeah. and two Cy Young candidates right. on the same team. I know. I mean, and and yet. Boston's got two MVP candidates and probably two Cy Young candidates yeah. on the same team. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be a good series. And uh, but they've got a you know maybe this 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 win tonight, Joe, gets them going. Maybe that gets them gets them on the right track. I I think uh, you know walk off wins do that. I think so. We'll see how they they come back tomorrow. Uh, you know. All right. So mark it down. August eighth, twenty eighteen. Paul Hoynes says. This is the walk-off win that sparks it. And if it isn't, he's going to jump into like, no, we're going to be done. All right, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up uh, for this week's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.